Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Town & Country Harlow, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum. As always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 293. We are fast approaching the milestone that is episode 300. Thanks again to everybody, as always, who tuned in to last week's show. It was a special, very exclusive interview with manager Richie Wellens. We hope uh, the literal thousands of people that have yeah. listened to that uh, have, have enjoyed that and have been able to gain something from it. And you can tell what a thoughtful and uh, good guy that we've got um, at the helm of the club's uh, first team. Uh, this week, though, we've got a fortnight's worth of news to catch up on. Uh, obviously, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II sadly passed away, which meant there were no fixtures last week, so we've got a bit of a double header. Uh, we've got loads of fan views. Steve also caught up with uh, Orient Chairman Nigel Travis on Saturday after the game. I have to remember that we're recording on Bank Holiday Monday yes. and not Sunday. I nearly said yesterday. So thanks to Nigel and the media team for setting that up. But as always, we start all of our shows with a word from our sponsor. We certainly do. So our sponsors are Town and Country Harlow Estate Agents. They cover London, Essex and Hertfordshire and they are run by a group of Orient season ticket holders and fans. And along with the podcast, have helped dozens of people move home already and the best bit is, and hopefully you're starting to notice by now, they offer all Orient fans and staff a discount off of their already competitive fees. So if you're thinking of selling your property or if you're curious as to its value, you can save yourself at least a few hundred quid by keeping it in the Orient family. You can give them a call on 01279 or you can try 07528 471 497 or you can contact the guys on Twitter you can find them at T and C Harlow or you can get in contact with one of the guys who works there Charlie good friend of the podcast Charlie underscore Paul P-O-O-L-E in town and country don't just sell houses they change lives absolutely so two pieces of AOB for you uh, coming up this week and we are very pleased to be able to say that there are two weddings that happened uh, this week. Uh, first of all, Orient manager, uh, sorry, media manager Luke Lambourne got married and is currently sunning himself and enjoying lots of pizza in Italy. So we <laughs> hope you have uh, a wonderful honeymoon. And also, a uh, friend of ours, Russell Feldman, married uh, Michaela uh, in a fantastic ceremony yesterday. Fantastic to catch up with some Orient fans, John and Darren and, and Russell. And uh, Russell uh, rather drunkenly saying we're top of the league at the end, which I don't think went down well with his new wife. But there you go. Congratulations. <laughs> if you've had a birthday or something to celebrate, uh, do let us know. Um, and let's move on then to the fortnight that was. Well, before we do that, let's go supporters club updates. And oh, all sorry, of Paul's enthusiasm about the weddings is missed. <laughs> That. So, Saturday, 24th September, top of the league fixture. We go to Barrow, coaches depart half seven. This one kicks off at three o'clock. An amazing price of only £43 for this one for adults, £40 for concessions, and under 16s, £22. This is the, easily the best way and the cheapest way you're getting to Barrow. Also, we travel to Doncaster on Saturday, the 8th of October. Again, a 3 pm kickoff, departure time at half eight in the morning, £40 for adults. Send £37 for concessions and children under 16 are 20 quid. Please remember these prices do not include your match day ticket and there is also a £3 surcharge if you are not a member of the supporters club. So if you want to book for any of these, you can go into the supporters club on a match day or you can call the travel line on 07507 
539579. Absolutely. Sorry, getting well ahead of myself there. <laughs> so the fortnight that was, happy Monday, the 5th of September. The club announced on September the 17th, following the home fixture against Walsall, that the ladies' team are going to be in action straight after their match playing against Luton Town and encourage supporters to stay and watch the ladies in action, yes. which several hundred did apparently. Yeah, well done to everyone who stayed behind to that one. Two a Tuesday, the 6th of September, an early start to the day is at half past six in the morning. Super Richie Wellens was nominated for the Skybet League to manager of the month for August and Paul Smith was nominated for the Skybet League to play of the month for August as well with the result to be announced later in the week. Yeah, that was exclusively revealed in Rich's interview last <laughs> week, although I did think he was joking to start with. Um, but no, it turns out he did win and he did have the trophy next to him. So Wednesday the 7th of September, Charlie Kelman was nominated for the PFA Fans Player of the Month in Skybet League 2. I tried to vote on various different platforms, but the voting options never came up for me. Okay. It was literally just a terms and conditions thing at the bottom. See what Strange. happens. See who yeah. gets awarded that if that's not been announced already. Thursday the 8th of September, a very sad day for everyone. As Buckingham Palace announced that Queen Elizabeth II had sadly passed away. Very, very sad day across the whole nation and hence the bank holiday and hence we record today. So rest in peace, Your Majesty. Absolutely. Friday the 9th of September, happy birthday to former Orient manager Frank Clark and current Orient goalkeeping coach Simon Royce, who share a birthday. Yeah, hope you had a great one, gents. And following the previous day's news regarding the Queen, the EFL announced that the upcoming weekend fixture list had been postponed, meaning that the O's away trips to AFC Wimbledon would not be played on the Saturday. Many disappointed those fans, but obviously full of understanding about the uh, situation. Yeah, absolutely. A bit of good news as well. Saturday the 10th of September, happy birthday to Paul Smith. Yeah, Sunday the 11th of September, nothing of note, but we did record our super Richie Wellens interview. Like Paul said, a lot, a lot of listens already. If you've not listened to that one, go back. You can listen to that on any platform now that you desire to do so. Amazing interview, only 55 minutes long, but... It will make you smile, it will make you laugh and if you're not already highly a big fan of Richie, you will be after this one. Yeah, Monday the 12th of September then the EFL announced that the fixture programme will return as scheduled from Tuesday the 13th of September with tributes to be paid to her late Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II at grounds around the country meaning the Orient would be in action uh, against Rochdale on the Tuesday night and the club announced that following discussions with the relevant authorities that Saturday's home game against Walsall would also be going ahead. Yeah, good news there. Tuesday 13th of September then after a mammoth wait League 2 revealed what was already known and exclusively revealed in our interview that Super Richie Wellens was the Sky Bear League 2 manager of the month for August. Well done to Richie. Paul Smith lost out on that award. I think he went to a Northampton player. I think you're right. So unlucky Paul Smith. Well done uh, to Richie Wellens. Yeah, absolutely. Voting started for the club's August player of the month and the nominees were Idris El Mazzuni, Dan Happy, Charlie Kelman and Paul Smith. Could have been many more nominees uh, for the player month for August for me it's got to be Paul Smith mm. I think Viggs is very lucky not to get nominated I think Viggs has made some big performances but you can see with the quality of nominee there just how good that team have been they could all go and win it but I think Paul Smith for me is just giving us that little bit extra in key moments of the games whether it's an assist or on a goal mm. it's been fantastic it'd be interesting to see who wins that one I would assume that would get announced 
in the coming days to this podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's that? Like uh, last last week now, and it's already for August, so we're already in late September. I think it should have been done by now. But um, the voting also open for the goal of the month for August with the following nominees: Tom James against Crawley. Paul Smith against Swindon, Theo Archibald at Colchester, and Ruel Soturiu against Hartlepool. Only going to be one winner, I think, out of those. Some decent goals, goals there, but there, Tom yeah. James, for me anyway, personally takes it. Uh, yeah. And we'll announce the winner a bit later on in the podcast. We absolutely will do. Rhys Byrne tweeted, he's been on loan at Canvey Island. He said, we'd like to thank all the players, staff and fans at Canvey Island. Thoroughly uh, enjoyed my time and good luck for the rest of the season. I saw Rhys Byrne leaving the ground. On Saturday, so he was obviously at Brisbane Road and not playing anywhere else. Whether yeah. that's Canary Island or if he'd gone back online to anyone else, so he yeah. was out the ground. And hopefully, he's got a good benefit of having a month playing for Canary Island. Mm. So in the evening, main event was Rochdale away as the team was announced. Six forty-five of Vigoru at the back. Tom James, Omar Beckles, Dan Happy, and Jaden Sweeney midfield. Dan Prattley, Idris Elmazuni. And George Moncur with Real Satoru, Paul Smith and Charlie Kelman making up the starting eleven. On the bench, we had Sam Sargent, Shad Ogie, Craig Clay, Jordan Brown, Theo Archibald, Stephen Duke McKenna and Aaron Drynan. That meant there was only one change for the O's from the team that beat Tranmere as Jaden Sweeney came in for the injured Rob Hunt at left-back. And for me, I think that's a really strong lineup. I hope I hope Rob's OK. Um, but it'd be interesting to see Sweeney at left-back. Interesting he's ahead of Ogie and Wood for that spot. Good point. Strong team that. No surprises there apart from Sweeney. Big chance for Sweeney. I think yeah. Richie's shown that if you get a chance and you take it, it's, it's, your shirt it's to yours lose. to lose. Yeah. <laughs> Quality, again, on the bench. Also, when you look at the bench, there's no Connor Wood on the bench. There's no Georgiou on the bench. Hunt is obviously out. Sam Wareham from Chelsea, young lad, isn't in uh, the team. So there's some good quality players not even getting on the bench. I think the whole Connor Wood thing it's a bit odd, I've got to say. Like Richie's explained his reasons for not doing it, but be cool there. Had we lost to Rochdale, I think there would have been a lot of criticism about playing Jaden Sweeney and not Connor Wood. Mm. Yeah, However, you're it's, alluding, worked, it's worked out. Yeah, you're alluding to his post-match from, from Walsall. I no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just alluding to him not, not even. If you're going to put Jaden Sweeney on, who's barely played any league two football mm. and not to have Connor Wood even in the squad I agree, yeah. that's a big mug off to so, Connor Wood yeah considering as Richie said post-match from Warsaw that he's on a bigger, much bigger wage than Jaden I understand why you'd want to I understand his reasons for testing Jaden to see how good he really is um, but to not even have Connor in the squad in case things go pear-shaped yeah. considering he's on a much bigger wage I'd want my value for money from, from Connor. We're paying him a wage and we're not even playing him. And no Adam, and no Adam Thompson as well. Yeah. So it Good just reason. shows you how low down in the pecking order mm. Connor Wood is. I'm surprised he's still training with the first team at this point. And <laughs> he's not the first manager for that to happen. Correct. And Jacket done the same. So maybe, yeah. maybe Connor is uh, not the best player to have around, potentially, based on two managers now, completely not in the squad. But Interesting I, to see where he goes, Connor Wood. But you, you see photos at the club post at the training ground he's in the he's in those pictures yeah. that he's training with the first team so he's probably not a bad egg he just wants Plus. different qualities from his left yeah. back I guess that, yeah, that yeah. Jaden offers that, that Connor doesn't uh, I think we don't want to over analyse it because <laughs> we're not that close to it but Les LK tweeted in and he said I don't get Sweeney in front of Wood play Wood as he will have a point to prove to the manager and also just to digress it will also put Connor Wood in the shot window for the loan market yeah. in, in the National League 
Uh, Les finished by saying playing Sweeney is a risk in my opinion. Yeah, Ben Whitlock 13 said quite like the thought of not trying to play Ogie at left back. Let him focus on getting back to where he was last season as a centre back. Let's play Sweeney as a full back. Round pegs in round holes. Yeah, and Leroy2022 said Rodney, Henderson and Quigley look a dangerous front three. Could be tougher than a lot think tonight because I think that's in response to a lot of the predictions that we were getting. Well, recently, obviously, watched our second manager they did bottom season, of the league. Bought yeah. in Jim Bentley, who's done right at this level. And yeah. from their past two games, they've drawn three in each of them. So it wasn't going to be a walkover. Well, not in our eyes anyway. So let's discuss the game. Orient got this underway. Watched out, enjoyed a lot of the early possession. Carved out a few opportunities that came to nothing. And in the 13th minute, Rochdale won possession in their half. Quickly counter-attacked. Henderson was 1v1 with Dan Happy. And Dan Happy did absolutely superbly to win the ball off Henderson and clear the danger. He read that fantastically well, Dan. He didn't buckle under any attacking pressure. First-class defending. Didn't overcommit. Read the situation really well. And I really think that that's worth pointing out. Because we were talking before we started recording about the fact that, you know, at one point, it's like, well, how's Dan Happy going to get back into the squad when Shadogi's been playing so well? And now it's a complete role reversal. Yeah, interesting. I think you had a point of note because you were watching the game on the stream about 20 minutes in. Yeah, 20 minutes in. We're being bullied a bit, I felt, by Rochdale. Um, Quigley had a shot from the edge of the box that ended up flying over, but they really obviously had been G'd up and, and Jim Bentley had obviously yeah. given a good good team talk before. So, you know, they weren't they weren't there to roll over and, and be robbed. Yeah, good point. 22nd minute, Rochdale had a free kick as El Mazzuni was done by Odo. From that, though, we countered superbly, led by Paul Smith. He slipped in George Moncur. He got to the byline by beating two players. And O'Donnell made a good save with his feet as we won a corner that came to nothing. That was a nice flow move. Paul Smith, again, gone. Unbelievable. Beating players, yeah. literally at the drop of a hat. Unlucky yeah. there not to take the lead there. Absolutely. Four minutes later, we were so close as Ruel Soturio switched. His switched cross found Tom James wide on the right. He drove across goal was fouled, but the referee allowed play to go on. George Moncur lifted his shot just over the bar, and then obviously they appealed for the free kick, which we obviously didn't get because the referee played advantage. You know, we've come alive in the last few minutes here, but Rochdale are defending well and winning their defensive battles. So well, they, they weren't, yeah, like you said, they weren't there to be mugs. Yeah, absolutely. A half hour gone, an unbelievable save by O'Donnell. Again, we made some great passes through the team. Nice patient football. Ball came to Paul Smith. He did well to spin off his man. He got to the byline. His cross found Morel Satouriou. His first time shot looked goal bound, but somehow O'Donnell clawed the ball Great away. Save. That's how it's going for Satouriou, though, isn't it? Like, literally. Can't buy a goal. Can't buy it, a goal. Great save, though, by the keeper. I mean, Satouriou does everything what right. he should do there. Yeah. Strikes it first time on target, decent pace on the ball. Keeper just makes a, a good, save. good save. Just a clawed save, yeah. 33 on the clock. Scott Quigley went into the referee's book for a foul on Tom James. I mean, the. He's a bit of like he's meant to be like this guy that's gonna like shoot them up the table, and meanwhile his attitude is terrible and he can't score a penalty. Thirty <laughs> fifth minute in, we took the lead. Is Charlie Kelman as well to keep possession just outside uh, the Rochdale box? Ball came to George Monker. He played a nice one two with Jaden Sweeney. Ran through the Rochdale back line. Had a one one by Donald Curl. His effort beyond the keeper to make it one nil. Lovely. That is a fantastic goal. Good goal. I've watched that back a few times. That is a fantastic, really well-worked goal. A persistence of keeping the ball and, and turning over and winning it back. Um, and Jaden Sweeney being in the right place mm. at the right time to play a deft pass. That was an absolutely perfect pace on the ball. 
it was in George's stride and he just curled it round O'Donnell. I think it looked it probably looked better from sat behind the goal than it did on the angle that we had on the thing, but I, you can read into it. It was a great goal. Yeah, good goal. Nice team goal. Lovely to yeah. see. So one up to the O's. 39th minute, Paul Smith had a curled out from 25, 25 yards out, pushed away nicely there by O'Donnell. Yeah, he's earning his money, O'Donnell, uh, <laughs> in this game. 45 minutes, so stroke a half-time. Royal had a shot deflected over the bar for a corner. That unfortunately came to nothing. Yeah, one minute added time played out. Nothing further to Paul as the O's went in. 1-0 up at the break. Attendance... Just over 2,000, 2,173, 214 O's fans making the journey of your views in the first half. 10% of the crowd was Orient, love love that. We claimed the lion's share of possession later in the second half as we grew into into the game. That goal, I think, really hit Rochdale hard. I I felt their heads had dropped and and had gone down a bit. Uh, I think, like um, Richie had said... Jaden took sort of 15-20 minutes to get into the game made a few straight passes a bit yeah. frustrating I think it was just nerves and just setting in but more than made up with it with the assist and, and his performance as, his performance as he as the game wore on uh, he got more comfortable so yeah all good brilliant stuff Rochdale got the second half underway no changes for the O's from kickoff Rochdale fired a low warning shot from ball but Lawrence Vigrou saved that very comfortably. He did. 49 minutes and Darren Prattley went into the referee's book. Yeah, 15 minutes and Odo was the creative outlet for Watchdale. They seemed to be trying to get him into dangerous positions. He drew a foul, wide on our left. Free kick came in, but came to nothing. Yeah, he was being quite dangerous actually. And it's worth noting that Odo was 1v1 with Sweeney at one point. He nutmegged Sweeney, but Sweeney actually turned around and recovered the oh, ball because well. he hadn't kicked the ball hard enough through his legs and he cleared the danger to El Mazzuli. So, uh, fair play to Jaden. He was very solid. He became, as he got more confident, and Odo seemed to be... They were very they were very, very keen to get the ball out to their wide men to attack yeah. Tom James and Jaden Sweeney. Um, and, and they looked quite dangerous. They looked quite tricky. Like, one slip from us and they could have been in. Yeah. Well, good that they did not. 55th minute in, George Moncur did well. He found space, passed it to Tom James on the right of the box. His cross-pass shot evaded a red shirt, went out for a goal kick. First Orient substitution came just shy of the hour mark as Aaron Drynan replaced Ruel Soturiu. Yeah, 62nd minute in, Paul Smith intercepted the ball midfield, he drove forwards towards goal, fed Aaron Drynan on the right, and rather than shooting first time, took a touch... McNulty recovered with a good tackle to kill off the threat. Yeah, Drinan should have done better there. He'll be disappointed, but that's what Richie Wellens was referring to in our interview last week about that match sharpness and that decision-making. Yeah. yeah. Chance Rochdale, 64th minute, as Devante Rodney beats on James for pace, got a crossing, but Quigley's header was off target. Yeah, 68 minutes then. Second Orient sub as Jordan Brown replaced Darren Prattley and a third Orient sub at the same time as Theo Archibald replaced Charlie Kelman and once upon a time we were talking about how unbelievable it would be or inconceivable that Theo Archibald couldn't get back into the squad but here he is he's making a, a cameo with you know half an well 25 minutes of the game left to go all in when you add on injury time unbelievable yeah I think more in terms of managing his fitness I think 100% Archibald walks back into that team over Satiru for yeah, me personally but probably good, always good to see him on the pitch but also I noticed that all three subs were taking their time to get off the pitch that's good game management for me uh, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. I'd hate it, and the Rochdale fans were really getting right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the slow jog as if it's almost it's almost slower than walking pace because you're almost on your sort of tiptoes going off and clapping the fans. And, yeah, 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 I'm going off ref. Love to see it. Yeah, love to see it. Seventy second minute in, golden opportunity for the O's after Rochdale mistake. 
enabled us to regain possession. George Munker passed to Giant on the right of the box, but his shot was well saved and eventually gathered by O'Donnell. Yeah, two minutes later, and El Mazzuni went into the referee's book for a foul on Sinclair. Yeah, also Scott Quigley got inside our 18-yard box. No orange defenders near him, but he turned away from goal and his threat was nullified. Two minutes later, a fourth Orient substitution as Paul Smythe was replaced by Craig Clay. Yeah, 87 minutes in, let's go. Theo Archibald got his normal booking uh, late in the game for a foul. 88 minutes, always Theo Archibald booked for this. And he's not even been on that long. Always. He's only been on for like less than 20 minutes. Rochdale had huffed and puffed for the last few minutes without really creating any dangerous opportunities. And I think their decision-making was uh, let them down. Uh, a minute later, a diving header from Dan Happy to cut out a cross from Sinclair after he easily beat Tom James with pace. Tom James was having a bit of a tough time on the right. Yeah, uh, right back. a lot of people pointed, pointed that out. Yeah, and I think yesterday uh, on Saturday, sorry, he also uh, frustrated people. I think, uh, and there's someone in a WhatsApp group... Uh, had said in another WhatsApp group that I'm in about the fact that Tom James is a wing-back and he's being asked to play as a flat four rather than on that up and down that wing so he's being asked to do more defensive yeah. stuff than attacking stuff so it probably doesn't suit his game as much possibly I guess we'll see it's a long season let's see what happens with Tom James five minutes of time rattled on in the third minute Rochdale were awarded a penalty as a missed clearance from Dan Happy came to Omar Beckles he played a back header Back to the keeper. That was poor and short. Vigoru came rushing out to challenge Sinclair. Contact was made. Sinclair threw himself <coughs> down inside the box. Referee hmm. pointed to the spot. That was such an awful penalty to concede on so many levels. Happy's clearance was dire. Beckel's header was even worse. And Viggs comes out and just clatters his man. You won't see a clearer penalty than that. Hmm. Any day. Inside the box as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, quickly stepped up. Yeah. Hit a penalty low to his left. Vigoru guessed correctly. Dived to his right. And saved it. Absolutely. Second time Viggs has given away a penalty and then redeemed himself. I thought that was a decent penalty. He was going low into a corner. I figure he gets his wrong way. It's in the back of the net. Vigoru just guesses the right way early. Gets the right result, thankfully. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have seemed like a loss as opposed to a job. But, yeah. you know, no further talking points. Referee brought the match to an end. George Monkers' goal and Viggs' penalty save ensured the manager of the month curse did not strike in Manchester yes. as he always took all three points back to E10. Absolutely right there. Richie Wellens' interview is obviously on the uh, club social media channels at the moment. Uh, but he did say that in the first half he thought we were the dominant team and we could have been three or four up. It's a big three points. Certainly was. That meant at this moment in time we stood top of League 2. Played 8, 1-7, drawn 1, lost 0. Goal difference of plus 11 and 22 points. So your views on the Rochdale away victory, bearded Lejande? Not the prettiest of games. We rode our luck in parts, I felt. Um, Sweeney and Happy were absolutely superb. For me, I thought Happy was, was man of the match, in my opinion. First time I've seen Tom James exposed by pacey attacking players as well. Uh, Rochdale will struggle. They didn't really test Lawrence Figaro for all the huffing and puffing and the bit of possession that they had. They really didn't carve out any real clear-cut opportunities. I don't think Lawrence Figaro would have broken sweat in that game. Uh, Drynan had two good opportunities to really kill the game off. And as I said earlier, his lack of match sharpness was really there to be seen. He should have shot first time on both of them and he 
took the touch, which meant that defenders had to recover, could recover. Uh, so it's a bit of a shame. Viggs again giving away a penalty, but redeemed himself with the save. And it's just, it's another win. It's three points. It's a clean sheet. It's on the road. It's all that matters. Absolutely. At the end of the day, that's, that's how you get promoted. Correct. Winning ugly when you need to. Winning ugly. Last minute penalty saves. Good team goals. How you do it? You show yeah. quality and you grind it out and you get a bit of luck. Yeah. I've seen loads of teams come to Brisbane Road and one 0 and we've all gone. How they, are they top? They're not good. Yeah. Happening with us now, yeah. so really good. You yeah, can certainly feel the momentum at the minute, building with every win. Doesn't seem like a a pressure to be unbeaten. It seems more like, okay, what's the next game? Okay, we're gonna do well in that. Also, you can't beat a late penalty save. It's, mm. it's as good as a late goal, isn't it? It's as good as nicking a goal in the last minute to win a yeah. game. Brilliant. You know, lots to improve on. I, w- I keep seeing one out of third gear yet. I couldn't care less. If I want to keep winning one nil, it does not matter. Mm. It's not going to say we're on one nil, but we're in second gear. Doesn't matter. That's not what the league table reflects. No. Not what the league table reflects. One nil. A win is a win. It could have been very different, mind you, but we won the game. Very happy. If Drynham took the chances, but they still get that penalty at the end, it's fine. It's but if big. if they scores the penalty, like you said, it will feel like a loss, not oh, a absolutely. win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a draw, rather. Yeah. yeah. So those were our views. A huge amount of feedback came in after this match. So thanks to everyone who took the time to send their views to our social media accounts. And just because we read them, it doesn't mean we agree with them. And just to give a quick plug, if you are a business owner <laughs> or a product <laughs> owner, or if you'd like to sponsor our social media channels... Uh, and promote your enterprise, your business, platform, whatever it is that you're doing, um, get in touch with us, drop us a DM, and we're happy to have a conversation. Town & Country Harlow were our social media sponsors last year. I won't go into financial detail. However, they, they had a very huge... Well. When you say very well, they had a huge investment back on their small sponsorship fee. So it's definitely worth... Uh, at least inquiring if you are thinking about it or listening to the podcast as absolutely you and Charlie will uh, <laughs> tell you all about that if need be Orient, at Orient Meat Pie Andy thanks for getting in touch mate some superb performances Happy was brilliant so was Moncur Sweeney surprised me he was brilliant all night odd game but it's all about the result well done you lovely O's great sweet there from Andy Steve Forecast is very lacklustre second half would have deserved it if the penalty hadn't been saved but we ground it out Thought Sweeney did very well. Rekka Blue App said Vigaru uh, goes from donkey to hero in a matter of seconds. Poor game, but made it more difficult at the end than it needed to be. Felt confident in our play until the 91st minute. Smith and Moncur had some nice moments and was a good goal on to Saturday. Yeah, Sunshine LOFC said lucky to come away with three points. The longer the game went on, the more Rochdale got into it. Mm-hmm. Also, Best performance from Dan Happy in an age. Mm. He was man of the match. Me lots of plaudits for Dan Happy. Amazing yeah. to see. Well done, Dan. He's had a difficult two years, Dan Happy. He, he has, and I, I get, I get that it's been difficult for him. But I don't get some of the anti Dan Happy crowd. I don't get that. I, I obviously need to have a conversation with some of these people because there's things that I'm obviously missing. But for me, he's just in always in the right place at the right time. He's good with blocking. He reads the game well. Um, so yeah, for me, he's want to be he'd be one of the first names on my team sheet if I was manager as well Daniel underscore D44 said very lucky to win far too casual especially in the second half brilliant penalty save from the best keeper in the league Happy was outstanding and Sweeney played very well against a tricky winger still a win is a win and I hope they don't stop coming yeah SR Barber 1986 said despite the referee's best efforts it was another gritty win great to see the Saurian side hold on for another clean sheet may not have happened in the past good point there thought Happy was super again 
and what a keeper. Viggs is hashtag safe hands. Yeah, BJP4. That's a new one for me. Welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast. That's the best game I've seen Dan Happy play. He was really excellent. Great positioning throughout. That said, why are we putting ourselves under this pressure? Wouldn't it be Orient if uh, that was Jason Kilby 6 is not our best performance by a mile, but to win is a win. And on Tuesday night in Rochdale, those three points are the ones that will count come the end of the season. Happy, outstanding. Jaden did a great job. And what a save by Viggs. A proper grind out. Phil VZ1 said, should not have gone to a last... Should not had gone to a very last nervy 10 minutes. We have to bury teams like Rochdale. We must get the ball forward quicker to use our strikers. Still as worried about the lack of attacking wing-backs as I was against Tranmere. Tom James was skinned twice down the right. We were lucky to get three points. PM31970. So it should have been out of sight before their penalty. Need to put these games to bed. But another win, another clean sheet. And I still don't think we have played that well this season. If we do click... And I fear for the team who are playing us. C Bennett one nine eight three said an important win against a poor team. I thought Happy was excellent, with the exception of his looping the clearance across the box that led to the penalty. Thank God for Vigaru. Fixtures look a lot tougher coming up, and if we can win three of the next five, I'll be well pleased. Yeah, C Gibson underscore eighty nine said never do it the easy way, do we? Got away with that one. Drynan should have killed the game off. Real unlucky mm. to be subbed early. He was having a good game. Jaden, very steady at left back. Lovely finish from George. Paul Smith was unplayable. And Loza, well, never in doubt was it. And Dan Happy, man of the match. Strongo43 said, Well done, the O's. Our first victory when the reigning monarch has been a king since we beat Birmingham <laughs> in the FA Cup 1 0 on the 2nd of February 1952. Love it. Love it. That's an amazing, amazing stat, Martin. Thanks for that. Amazed opposition teams haven't sussed that Viggs always dives to his right on penalties. That's a good point. He does. That's a good point. Or maybe it's just they always shoot to their to his right. Possibly. And maybe that's what their scouting has maybe. done. Maybe. Doyle underscore Hooper says, ground that there was out in a professional way performance. Happy was class. Taking off Kelman, Satori and Smith left us without a natural finisher which showed with missed chances later on, but Wellens clearly is managing players minutes. Love this team. Roll on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kid Samson over the penultimate one uh, for this game. Said the game followed the same pattern as so many from the early part of last season. Dominate the opening hour, miss a boatload of chances, allow an inferior side a guilt-edged chance to equalise in the last five minutes. Draw. Certainly feels like our year at the moment, doesn't it? Surely Very does. Very cynical. And the final word on Rochdale away goes to Masters underscore James D. So psychologically, that is a huge result. Grinding out these wins are what you have to do when you're not at your best. Then you have big plays for the big moments. Figs has shown you can do it time and time again. Learn from today and realise we still have a long way to improve. Absolutely. So those were all the tweets that came in to us. Uh, thanks to everybody who's done that. We now move on to the Carol Langley Florist Prediction League update. So Carol Langley Florist are an established business based in Chingford, East London, specialising in bespoke flowers sourced from the finest growers in the world from a simple thank you to a tailored wedding or event package, they're here to help. To get in touch with John and the fantastic team of experienced florists, you can phone them on 0208 529 4130 or via social media, Carol Langley Florist, that's C-A-R-O-L-E-L-A-N-G-L-E-Y-E-4 or at Essex Biz on Twitter. They're also on Instagram at Carol Langley Florist or search Carol Langley Florist 
on Facebook. Just also to let you know, they're offering a 15% discount to all Orient fans and staff, which could give you a huge saving on wedding on your wedding flowering costs. Yeah, so a few incorrect predictions for this one. Orient, it is David Lando 17, Andy R. Grosner, Nick underscore Clark 99, all predicted 1 0, all got three points. No one took the maximum four points in this one. And a top of the prediction league table will follow at the end of the episode. Yeah, nothing to report on Wednesday the 14th of September, so we move on. Yeah, Thursday the 15th of September. Happy birthday to Carol Langley, mm. florist King John McIntyre. We hope you had a great one, John. Happy birthday, mate. Absolutely. Uh, Lawrence Figaro was named in the Skybet League 2 Team of the Week. Well done, Lawrence Figaro. Absolutely. You yeah. legend, Vig. 16th of September, quiet day at the club. No news to report, so let's skip ahead. Yep, to Saturday the 17th of September, the club announced that Tom James had won the August Goal of the Month competition, making it his second month in a row for his volley against Crawley Town. He's having his own little personal competition, isn't he? Well done, Tom. Things we love to see. He's only got a few games left to score a scorcher in September, so come on, Tom, pull your finger out, mate. (laughs) Uh, You've seen more in action in the morning, away at MK Dons. They took the lead. In the 21st minute after a mistake from the MK Dons keeper, saw the ball land to Avagustidis. He shot low into the bottom right-hand corner. Defender almost cleared the ball for the line, but he didn't, meaning we went in 1-0 up uh, until half-time. But in the second half, MK Dons equalised early on and then scored a second late in the game as they won the match 2-1. So unlucky there to the young O's. Well done on the pronunciation Thank as you, well. Walsall at home <laughs> was the main event of the day. Before the game, as always, we run a Twitter poll to see how you think we'd get on in this game. And after 285 votes, the vote closed as follows. 9% thought we'd lose, 19% thought we'd draw, but a whopping 72% thought that we would win. So thanks to everyone who took the time to cast their vote. Very confident O's fan base. So at quarter past two, the team was announced. A bit later than normal, this week, Vigaru in goal at the back. Tom James, Omar Beckles, Dan Happy, Jaden Sweeney. Midfield, El Mizuni, Darren Prattley, George Monker, and up top, Ralph Satoru, Paul Smith, and Charlie Kelman. Subs bench this one, Sam Sargent, Shadogi, Jordan Brown, Craig Clay, Stephen Duke McKenna, Theo Archibald, and Aaron Drynham. Yeah, that meant that Richie Wellens named an unchanged starting 11 from the midweek match against Rochdale. For me, love an unchanged side, uh, winning side, so... All good for me. I thought we might see Theo come in for Ruel. Just because I think I've made this point many a time. Ruel isn't a left forward for me. Correct, yeah. Theo yeah, is yeah. much stronger there, but I presume he's managing Theo back until he's 100%. So, did your yeah. fan hub team reflect Theo? Yeah, of course it did. Theo, yeah. Yeah, of course yeah. it did. Ruel, I wouldn't play, I wouldn't play Ruel at left forward. I'd rather have Dryan there if, we, if, we, if we're talking. I think Dryan is better coming in from the left the more the more effective Ruel's a centre forward always will be yeah. for me so yeah still like you said not changing winning teams so I can't complain too much again look at that bench it's a really strong bench no Hunt no Thompson no Georgiou no Wareham no uh, Iberio like that's a really really good bench there's some good players who can't mm. get into that bench so Jude McKenna's not played a minute really since he joined us no either. he's not been able to get into the team yeah. because the, the, you know Craig Clay can't yeah. get into the team who would have thought that beginning yeah. of the season really good to see a few tweets after the team was announced JB Foreman 002 so why change your winning lineup? question mark Indeed, why would you change your winning lineup? Wilco 300 said Ruel and Sweeney caused Rochdale problems in the first half with their direct running. I hope 
They do the same today. Yeah, Len Chin Chin won. So the same World Balance team. But where is Jaden Wareham? I've been calling him Sam. It's Jaden, isn't it? It's, it's Jaden. We'll also have a good goal scoring players, as we know from Danny Johnson. We should win it, but I think it will be our toughest game so far. We need to be aggressive going forward and more accurate with our goal attempts. And please, no yellow cards. Yeah, we're picking them up. We are. Minute, aren't we? Len, uh, so... The teams came out on a sunny but windy day in E10 and before kick-off there was a minute silence for the Queen followed by the National Anthem. Yeah, <laughs> done a minute silence, it was fine. Whoever pressed the button on the National Anthem, because there was obviously no band there, it was just played over the... Tannoy. Tannoy. Literally pressed play the second the silence ended. So everyone was clapping after the silence and obviously the sound system isn't the best in the ground. So you couldn't even you didn't even hear the National Anthem until it was like sent him or her victorious so like the national anthem didn't re- you didn't hear the first two lines no one sang the first two lines because oh. by the time that finished it was really like halfway through it so whoever press, whoever's finger was pressing that button just hold it Got up a bit a too bit. trigger happy a bit too trigger happy but nice a nice gesture all the same well I've seen some criticism on some Facebook groups in terms of no band program. Hair, no programme no black armbands or whatever I mean I wasn't at Watchdale so I don't know how Watchdale didn't, a few people were saying that. Wal- Sorry, I wasn't there, obviously. So, didn't I, I'm sure I saw in the highlights that Walsall had them. I don't know if Walsall did. Well, it's not a Walsall podcast. I don't think Orient had them, so I can't say what Walsall did. Well, that's really poor. Well, I did the programme wasn't. Happened. I've seen a lot of criticism in in the chat in our in some WhatsApp groups as well that the programme there was no nod okay. to yeah. the Queen and I mean, a lot like, of other football clubs had like a some sort of a nod be it a black programme or the Queen printed on it or a black line down or something presu- some mark of respect or I presume it may have been printed beforehand if that was the case I don't get programmes so I don't couldn't tell you what mm. what they're normally like or what they're not like so yeah that all happened before the game literally the game started and we got ourselves into a great position just seconds into it Satoru had space and time in the box she had Charlie Kalman across the box to his right hand side unmarked instead he got his foot on all wrong took far too long tried the shot <coughs> chance was gone if he squared it to Kalman Kalman's over but we were talking about this before we recorded again Satoru isn't the kind of player who will look up in the box for another player he's the kind of player who will look up and see where the keeper is and see where the goal is and try and figure out how he can get the ball mm. from his feet into the back of the net he's yeah. not a player who will look and once upon a team, time I said that I love that about him yeah. on this occasion it's yes. come to bite me on the backside because it's cost us a potential a potential goal because he should have done so much better there he read the situation well I, I can see from the highlights the defender is telling the keeper to come and get it Instead, the keeper retreats back to his goal. The defender had slowed down, so Ruel has now stolen half a yard on the defender, um, and he gets to the ball first. And really, he should have done a lot better and squared it to Kelman. Instead, I I think that you're right. He was dogmatic in his thought process that I'm just going to try and shoot and score. When in actual fact, as a team player, you should have squared that the first opportunity. Charlie Kelman is standing on the penalty spot, unmarked. There's no one around him. That's one nil. And it's that decision making that that Richie alluded to last week that we've got we've got to get much more precise on. I've got no problem with having a selfish striker when you're in on goal and you're just going to shoot it rather than square it. But when you've got a player that's in a much yeah. better position, your thought process should always be to help my teammate to score. Yeah, I get that he wants to get up there and be golden boot at the end of the season or whatever, or getting double digits as quick as possible. I get that. But there's a time and a place. Had he scored that, I think we would have battered them. 100%. If we went one up in the first 60 seconds, we would have, it would have been a completely different game. However, chance was gone. It wasn't a game of many chances, this one. Ninth minute, Tom James had an effort from the edge of the area, worldwide. Let's go to the 19th minute. 
Bennett done the same for Walsall worldwide. It was kind of we were looking good, but they were defending well, quite deep, and they looked that Johnson looked quite dangerous and quite sharp, but wasn't getting any of the ball. So it was one of those where nothing much was happening. Right. Okay. Twenty five minutes. Hutchinson had a shot from outside the box that Lawrence Bigaroo got down well to save, and despite spinning the ball was able to get back up and claim it. He did well there. Yeah, he did well. No, I mean, no one was following no up. No one was that close, so yeah. Fairly basic. Easier. So, 32nd minute, Vigrou was in action again. Ball came in, looping Henner from Williams. Vigrou made it a fairly straightforward but decent save nonetheless. Yeah, the best move of the match came in the 36 minutes from the O's. So far, uh, as some patient uh, passing football saw, first time pass from Tom James to Ruel in the box and his effort was palmed away by Evans. Good move, that. Good move. Got the crowd back bit louder again really nice passing must be about 50-60 passes right decisions right runs off the ball so it's a good chance decent save mm. nothing more night the first half that okay. was it one minute of additional time played the referee ball at half to a close with the match goal is yeah a bit of a dead rubber mm. like not many goal scoring chances good ball retention from the O's they just also I think for their credit defended well and when they did get in decent positions also I think decision making theirs was all wrong as well, mm. but I think for me anyway, half time I was sitting there going, I think we'll win this. Mm. Like we've got we've got more quality than them. Mm. Just getting our quality players mm. on the ball. If you get Monaco on the ball, or Paul Smith in particular, we'll have no problem. Right, that was what I was thinking anyway. That okay. time, fair enough. Attendance announced six thousand seven hundred and thirty six with three hundred and sixty seven away fans. Did it look like there was nearly seven thousand in the ground? Not at all, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I can't bear this counting. <laughs> I, I can't I can't bear this counting tickets sold versus bums on seats. It's not a true attendance. I don't care if the Premier League do it. It's not a tr- an attendance is physical <laughs> body, a physical bum on a seat. That's what an attendance is. Yeah, not I, how I, many I tickets you sell. I agree. Uh, I think that's a nonsense. Second half kicked off. No subs for the O's. And in the fifty third minute, Charlie Kelman dragged a shot wide. That was a frustrated Charlie Kelman who hadn't had the ball much. Snatched at it. Haven't seen him do that often. Well, mm. wide. Never troubling the keeper. But in the fifty eighth minute. We did open the scoring as a pass from Tom James found George Monkeau in the box after some neat footwork. He drilled the ball, goal bound. I think it was a shot. It might have been a cross shot. Evans got a hand to it. Beckles got his foot to the ball, trickled agonizingly agonizingly over the line. It felt like an age where that ball was just rolling and warring over the line. Brilliant. For me, that's all about George Monkeau. That's the quality that he will give you. Like the composure in the box, making things happen. If Smith isn't going to do it, or isn't on his game, then Moncoro is. Moncoro isn't, and hopefully Archibald is. If Archibald isn't, hopefully Kelly. Yeah. That's the quality. All you need is a one moment of magic from one of them, yeah. and they can win you a game that's going to be nil-nil into a one-nil. That's all it's about for me. So yeah. maybe fortunate that Beckles gets his toe on it, but I couldn't care Right less. place, right time. Couldn't care it's less. not fortunate. Yeah. That's Good. just how it is. Yeah. For me, uh, the best part of that move, or that goal, for me, was the threaded pass from Tom James to yeah. George Moncoro in the first place. The way he sort of pulled across, he received the ball out wide, he cuts in and then just beautifully threads the ball through to George Moncur. Like his cross shot was uh, was superb and yeah, just Omar was in the right place yeah. at the right time. And that's what it's all about. Um, the defensive block was was poor and, and he was there to just get a toe uh, toenail on the end of it, which is fine. On the hour mark, Ruel Satoru came off for Aaron Drynan as the O's made their first sub. Yeah, I thought Ruel had a difficult game, really. Just before he got subbed, he had another good opportunity. I think we had a break on. It was a three-on-two. And he made completely the wrong decision like just and lost the ball. And you, you knew instantly you're he's, like, coming he's going to take you off mm. straight away. And he did. Looks like confidence a bit to me. Just needs a goal again, whether it's off his backside 
whether it's a 30 yarder or a tapping, just needs a bit of luck. But I guess we'll see what happens this week. Hopefully, with two fixtures coming up, 66 minute Walsall. We don't normally mention Walsall substitutions. We're going to mention this one as XO Danny Johnson was replaced, came off early in that one. Mm. 68 minutes on the clock, uh, second sub for the O's. Dan Happy went down. Uh, injured and he was replaced by Shad Ogie. Yeah, 76 minutes in final subs for the O's as Jordan Brown of the Archibald came on in place of Paul Smith and Darren Prattley. Yeah, 77 minutes. Decent chance for the O's as Aaron Drynan's cross into the box was headed over by Charlie Kelman. Decent chance. That. Aaron Drynan has got a hell of a cross on him. Seems that a few times this season, which Ruel doesn't do for me. Ruel won't get into a, a far position on the left or the right and whipping a beautiful cross. Drynan's done that a couple of times. Mm. Kelman done well, actually. Unlucky with a header, uh, which went over the bar there. 80 minute in, Jordan Brown had a half volley, easily saved by Evans. Tom James was booked for a foul on the edge of the area in the 81st minute. Now, I've seen a tweet, not from the club, but a fan, not to us, so it's not mentioned in this podcast, that said, and again, I don't know how accurate it is, but he's picked up at least a few saying that may have been Tom James' fifth booking of the season. Don't know if it is or not, but it... Might mean that Tom James may miss Saturday's game against Barrett. Um, Potentially. Don't look for it now because you'll be looking all this day. This is fourth. Mate. Good. All right, so Tom this James. Fourth. Hopefully. Grimsby, plays. Swindon, Colchester, and yesterday. This is fourth. Okay, so Tom's got one more. One more. Yeah, absolutely. One more. 88th minute in. Charlie Kelman had an effort, but Evans made a comfortable save. And five minutes of added time were played out with no action to talk about, and the final whistle went as rocking all over the world bled out across Brisbane Road as the O's won. The game 1-0 to maintain their unbeaten start to the League 2 make it 8 wins out of 9. Ridiculous. Unbelievable. Like the 13-14 <laughs> season for me. All over. Crazy. Richie Wellens was interviewed post-match with Dave Victor. Very interesting interview it was too. Yeah, Good because that was two yeah. days ago. It's been up for a while now. We're not going to play it. But thanks to Dave as always for sending over his interview. Yeah. That means, like we said, play 9. 1-8. Drawn 1. Lost none. Goal difference of 12. 25 points from a possible 27. Yeah, we are top of the league. We certainly are. Mr. Levy, your views on Saturday? Our unbelievable run continues. It seems we can win ugly more than we can win pretty. We hear a lot of um, games, uh, about a lot of games where it wasn't the best game and it wasn't the best performance. And like you said, we're in second gear or third gear and wait till we get out. And we just don't seem to be doing that. And we seem to be slightly sucked in perhaps by what other teams are doing and not necessarily finding our fluidity when they're sitting in banks of five, yeah. for example. Um, it does make it difficult, but we need clever players that can un- unlock that. Our run is similar for me to the start of the 13-14 season, but also potentially, I think, Brian Barker posted on Facebook uh, about the 18-19 season where we went sort of 13. five un- unbeaten or something. or, or We went a, a 13, lot. Was it 13? Yeah. yeah. Um, goals are being shared around. I think that's really important. I, I've said that before, and I think Richie said that last Richie week to that, us yeah. as well, that it's not just from like Northampton's Will Hoskins or, or whoever it is yeah, yeah. there and, and it is good um, to have it all shared about no complaints from me that we're winning all the time but what I, the slight concern that I have is that we've played nine games that's nearly a quarter of the season and we've really only got out of second gear in a couple of those games and when we play a better side for example like a Northampton or next week a Barrow who are playing that free-flowing fluid football will we get away with us being not as fluid as we could or should be and potentially some of the mistakes that I saw in Rochdale game um, 
that we're making um, might we get undone uh, by that but look don't want to put a downer on the fact that we're unbeaten all season we don't have an L in the um, in, in, uh, we don't have a number in the L column we're only one of three teams I think five in the whole 92 now, there we are uh, yeah that we're one of five. It's a pretty exclusive club to be in and we're in esteemed company. So long may our successful run continue. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, it wasn't a classic, like I was saying to you, like this match won't take long to cover, but take them how you get them. Full first half was pretty even. Thought Wolves have got into some dangerous decisions at points, uh, but their decision-making was, was pretty bad. I think the wind as well. We haven't really mentioned the wind. That was quite a tough game to play in the wind. Okay. The wind was playing havoc. Uh, at points but once we win a goal up I think it was comfortable it wasn't you weren't sitting in the stands well I wasn't anyway going they're going to equalise here like right. it was pretty it was just straightforward once we went one up it was like are we going to make it 2-0 or is it going to finish 1-0 it wasn't they're going to equalise any minute here so right. I wasn't sitting there nervous about that I think I've said it I, think I said it earlier we've got that bit of quality that I haven't seen any other teams that we've played in the league to have whether it's Monker or it's Smith or it's a Kelman like we just have that extra bit of quality that none of our opponents have had yet. Yeah. So I and that's why I think I'm so confident in this team and vigour in goal as well. And everyone is just making the right decisions. Danny Johnson booed widely again. Why? Well, I don't get it. No, I don't get it either. I I think we spoke about last season when he was in his rich vein of form for Orient. We were all watching it on a screen. That's the only thing I can allude to where it was a, he was a lockdown. We haven't built the striker. Never yeah. built that poor, but he got booed a lot. He got booed. It's a shame, he did very well. Fellow, and he wouldn't say, Oh, if I score, I'll celebrate. But I think most strike, unless the strike has been at the club for five or a good yeah. couple of years, he, owes us I think he doesn't owe us anything. So we owe him nothing. So There was yeah, quite an interesting thread where we got tagged into it about the hate for Danny Johnson. And I, personally, I don't get it. But, you know, amazing run continues. Great time to be an Orient fan. Again, not a tweet to us because we don't mention tweets that don't come into us. But there was a tweet from the guy who runs the D7 podcast or, or I can't remember the name of the group Edward underscore W97 says LOFC lead the way in lead to 25 points from a possible 27 for context Forest Green Rovers that dominated the first half of the season last season only had 20 out of 27 at this point that's amazing last. what a great tweet what a great what a world we're living in what a time to be alive <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> amazing amazing as you can imagine Lots of views after this one. Again, just because we read them does not mean we endorse them or agree with them, but for balance, they get read out on the podcast. If anyone's listening to this podcast for the first time, these are all tweets that come into us at Orient Outlook. We don't scour the world of Twitter for tweets. These are all tweets where we have been tagged into. That's right. And the East, uh, East 1975 starts us off and says, great teams grind out wins like today and the Rochdale game. Still feel we have several gears left yet, but clean sheets always give you a chance of three points. Yeah, Shrimpy underscore boy. So 25 points from a possible 27. It's absolutely disgusting in the best possible sense. <laughs> <laughs> Richard J. Bourne said, great English and all credit to Moncur. No goal for DJ. Also makes the result sweeter. Dan Orton, 2590, just poor first half, slightly better second, and just about deserved the win. Another result, clean sheet, we've had to really grind out. A lot of home games will be like this going forward. So this was a good learning curve. We move on. That's a good point. Clubs and teams will see Orient, top of the league, see that goal difference, and come to Brisbane Rally go, right, five at the back, four midfield, one up top, let's make it as difficult as we can. Yeah. Um, and there will be certain games like this, so it's about being patient. Getting behind the team, fought the crowd again on Saturday, well behind the team. Never really been quiet. Super Richie Wernham's been sunk from like the second minute to like the 95th minute, whatever it was. 
crowd start with everything. Crowd starting to understand. Be patient. Don't turn on them if you get to like half hour mark and have a shot on target. We've seen us be quiet before. Mm. Now it's everyone seems in a good mood given where we are. So yeah, good point there. I think we're going to see plenty of teams sit back and go right. We'll catch you on the counter. Jay Derrick kept it short and sweet, said most points in all divisions, including the conference. Things you love to see. Yeah. Samuel FC ninety seven says not the best performance, but promotion winning teams find a way to get a goal. I can't wait to just play really well. Could end up scoring six or seven. Lewis Fear underscore said you can't always win pretty, you have to also win ugly to get promotion, and that's what we did. James looks a little slow or tired lately, but overall a solid performance. Not sure how Sweeney was man of the match though. I'd say Beckles. Thought Sweeney done really well actually. I haven't mentioned Sweeney as much as I should have. Sweeney played really well. Again, made the right, solid. right made the right decisions. Didn't let the wind affect him. Like I said, the wind was playing havoc, especially with long balls into the into the wings. I thought he'd done really well. Really good player for there. Ross McCaff, it's a stat for you. This is another great stat. We've already got 43% of last season's entire <laughs> points total. After nine games. Ridiculous. Yeah. Disgusting again. Love Let's it. not get ahead of ourselves, though. Orin underscore Ed says, the scrappiest game of the season, without a doubt. First half was disappointing, though. That was largely down to Walsall's pressing. Second half was ten times better through... Though Ruel never got going. Still, we won the game. Also, a quick shout to Sweeney, who was great again. Yeah, good point. Painting Orient to the compact Walsall would have secured the draw against many sides. Some marvellous Moncourt trickery in the midst of a disciplined performance. Sweeney looks like a new signing. Yeah, Trouser Techno said, yeah, another five or six out of ten performance, but we keep winning. What's not to like, but hopeful that we can move to seven or eight out of ten soon. Sometimes we seem to overplay at the back and can be a little pedestrian. The second half was better as we used the space more and a more fluid approach. Still looks like a, still a work in progress. Great tweet. Yeah, good tweet there. Mark Pryor, 59820877. said a great result. Sweeney was excellent. Shad did well off the bench and Monko was awesome. I'm not a fan of running down the clock and holding on for the last 10. But that said, we're top. And Richie is a much better judge than me. Again, game management, yep. subs taking their time. Yep. We seem to have an awful lot of long throw-ins into their box, which took an age for Shad to do it. Rubs the ball, runs back, checking the side behind him, make sure he's got enough room, and gets the ball, looks around like... Just game management. We hate it when that's against us. Yeah. When we're doing it, we love it. Things you love to see. Yeah. At Boatsy said, proper battle to grind out a positive result. We have that togetherness and momentum which makes us makes us a successful team. Top of the table clash next week. Who'd have thought that at the start of the season? Yeah, absolutely. TXT Rev says, George Moncur is different class. Mad of the match in my opinion. Dear Stu, said, probably our toughest test yet at home and to come away with a 1-0 win, I'll take that. Thank you very much. Sweeney, fully deserved man of the match. I think that might have been Tom James's fifth yellow, so Hunt will probably come back for him because I can't see Sweeney being displaced at present. Yes, Gorillas, 1985. His first game in 18 months wasn't the greatest of performances, but if we win 1-0 and play that all season, who cares? Granted, we'll play better clubs later on, but maybe we only step for the bigger team. Sweeney, man of the match, and I didn't jinx us either, so hopefully I'll be back soon. <laughs> Uh, new one, oh, perhaps a fairly new one, Rizzo Capasso underscore one said, not many flowing attacks or a ruthless cutting edge, though hard-working, very quiet games for Smith, Soteria and Kelman. We really do miss a fit Archibald and Drynan. Defensively, we managed any Walsall threats very well. Not complaining, a very happy supporter. Now, I am denied about putting this one in. This was a short one. <clears throat> this was from the occasional one. So I know you're thinking it, but scared to say it. 
Invincibles. Oh, too early. <laughs> too early. Pandemonium, 1881, said, seriously getting the knack at not playing brilliantly yet digging out three points and clean sheets. The goal was very well worked and, as per usual, we showed in fits and starts that not... No, it's not being big-headed League 2 fans. Hardly any teams can live with our footballing style and quality when going forward. Defensively, we looked pretty solid and hardly gave them a squeak. Well done to man of the match, Sweeney, but it was another positive performance from everyone. I so don't want to get carried away, but we are increasingly looking like the real deal. Yeah, good tweet there from Matt. Willow Gaff, that's a tough game, but a game we need to get used to. Teams will come here, sit back and try and make a point. Much better second half, but the goal opened the game up. Moncur's best game, starting to dominate games now. But for me, Idris, best player on the pitch, broke it up and drove us forward. I will say Idris, it's the only second time I've seen Idris. He's got a knack of just getting into the right place. Yeah, the right pockets time. of space yeah. just between the defence and the midfield. He reads the game very well. Not seen a player do that in quite a few years or yeah Vincent really used to do that well Dawson used to do that really well. good player Simon G Cooper said I've started applauding the exceptional game management everyone the players the manager the ball boys a six year old lad chucking the ball away the whole of Brisbane Road contributing to a beautiful dirty 1-0 <laughs> victory love it that's a brilliant tweet penultimate tweet to this episode Billy Cowell GB says another result we've been able to grind out where we would have previously blown it Fulton Kerr, Swingy and Elmis were superb. We've had the best ever start to a League 2 season and we're not playing at our best yet. That is scary. Final word goes to MS Orient who said, A manager installs that winning mentality, players taking everything on board, how to win football matches. This has been missing for years. Wellens has given this football club a new lease of life and long may the results and form continue. So those were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. Let us know if you agree or disagree with any that have been read out, you can tweet us or in Outlook. We can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. You can find us on Instagram at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast. Or you can find us on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast. Carol Langley Flores Prediction League update then. Well done to Dave Danu, LOFC underscore Dan, O's fan basing, I Heart Rushmore and at Nick underscore Clark 99, who all correctly predicted 1-0, so you get three points. No one, not, none of you correctly predicted the scorer, which, to be fair, why would you? Uh, that means the top of the prediction league is as follows. Well done to David Landau, 17, and that tall O's fan, who are on 13 points, joint top of the leaderboard. Orienter is, is on 12 points, and... David Rose, 88, is on 11. So well done to all of you. There are still plenty of yep. points to be gained. So thanks to everyone who tweets us three hours before the game uh, is when the tweet goes out uh, for all your predictions. Yeah, so that match against Walsall wasn't the only match at Brisbane Road. It was a double header as the Orient ladies were in action straight after. They were at home, obviously, against Luton Town. Kicked off at 6pm. Uh, we'd like to say... The Orient ladies won the game 3-0 with goals from Waif, Taylor Newsom, and Copeland. So well done ladies. Double header, double win. Things you love to see. Absolutely. So after the game, I went to speak to Nigel Travis. So if you remember about two or three weeks ago, we mentioned International Day uh, on the podcast. Gave our views on it. Nigel listened to the podcast, came back and said, look, I feel like it's more to International Day. At some point when I'm next over, can I come on the podcast, talk to you about it? We said you can come on your Outlook podcast at any time. In addition to this, he also mentioned that Brian Berger from the Sports Business Radio podcast would be over with him as Brian is doing a week with the O's for his own podcast, Sports Business Radio. 
So I thought, why not speak to both of them? So managed to grab them after the game for 10 minutes. And here's what Nigel and Brian had to say. So I'm here with Chairman Nigel Travis. Welcome back to your Outlook podcast, Nigel. Lovely to see you. Yeah, sorry that your chum's a bit under the weather. <laughs> he is doing better. Paul Hopefio is doing well. So, Nigel, before we talk about International Day and streaming, let's have your thoughts on the season so far. Well, um, I think the season's a long one. My favourite, because everyone comes up to me in America as though we've won the league, but we haven't. Uh, it's a long season. We've got now th- got 37 games to go. Um, so we just have to keep plodding along. I, I still don't think we've seen the best of us, but it's very nice being number one by four points, uh, which means that uh, next week's game against Barrow is going to be a big game. And who would have guessed that before the start of the season? So I think we're enthusiastic. I think Richie and the players have done a fant- and the coaches have done a fantastic job. So just keep our head down. Keep knocking it down the middle of the fairway. Um, and uh, as long as we don't go into the rough, we'll be okay. I like your golfing analogies there, Mr. Travis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not go for the you know big blast and end up uh, in the deep rough. Just keep knocking it down the middle, <laughs> playing sensibly. So a few weeks ago, we mentioned International Day on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We gave our views on that one. Tell us about how International Day is doing and I guess why you feel it's important to appeal to the international fan base. Well, uh, since we've been here at the club, obviously, as you guys well know, it's basically an American-owned club, but with a twinge of strong English, and we're very happy with that. But we've had great success with the camps, which started up again this summer, and we're even more successful than previously, so I think you're going to see a lot more camps in the summer. Uh, We've obviously got international streaming, which is well ahead of last year. Um, So we know we have a lot of fans elsewhere in the world, not just America, a lot of fans from Scandinavia. So we did have a fans focus group a couple of months ago, and we said we're going to go ahead with this international day, which was based on a test we did last year where we brought all our investors in, let them see, ironically, a game against Walsall, and uh, we then had a dinner with the players and coaches afterwards. Very successful. So we're expanding that concept this year. Uh, and I think you guys said on the uh, podcast that, yeah, this seems a pretty aggressive price at 2.99. Um, but it's aimed at people overseas, and obviously they're going to pay their airfare. And we did debate the price a lot. Uh, and it was interesting that most people thought 2.99 was far too low. And we wow. even had people suggesting as much as a thousand because we're throwing a lot of things in, which is, you know, a tour of the stadium, a lunch, QA with Richie, game, um, and then meet the women, the women's team who are about to play here today. And then after that, the dinner with the players and coaches. And that should be fun. And. and I'm trying also to get the Northampton chairman, who's a good friend of mine, to say a few words. So the idea is that's a good package. Uh, We're throwing a few goodies and appeal to our international fans. And if it works out, we hope we'll make it a a day that we do every year. A few people can't make that date, so they are coming on different dates. 
So, so far we're well over 40 and our goal is to get to about 70. So, so far so good. Great to hear. And also, talking about international fan streaming seems to have gone from strength to strength. Yeah, and I think our product is, is really good. Um, but I am concerned about one thing, and because you represent the fans quite rightly, I just want to point out there's a lot of people using gadgets out there. Um, there's the Amazon Fire Stick and there's all these illegal sites. I think people need to realise that's stealing. It's a bit like going into your local convenience store or grocery store and stealing some Branston pickle off the shelf. You're stealing from Lake Orient, effectively. And every time you steal that, it's effectively £10. So we'd ask people to note that we're taking it seriously. We're starting to track who does it. And we will ban people indefinitely if we find someone. So I know that's a pretty severe message. But this is a club where we're still losing money. We're still looking to make this club sustainable. And every £10 we lose means that we can't spend £10 on a player that we may want to help us get promotion. Great points there from Nigel. And we're not alone. You've, uh, well, we're joined by Brian? Brian Berger. Brian Berger from the Sports Business Radio, Radio Podcast. Podcast. And Very you've been nice. here over from the US and you've been shadowing or learning all about Leighton Orient. You went to Rochdale. I did. On Tuesday and you were here today for the Walsall Games. So tell us about the week you've had around, around the club and what you've been doing. Yeah, it's been great. I appreciate all the hospitality from Nigel and, and Martin. Uh, got to ride on the coach with the team and talk to the coaches and the players, sat in on some of the strategy meetings, went to a practice, went to an away match, now I've been to a home match. Uh, I'll note that uh, Leighton Orient is two wins, zero losses with me in attendance. So you can't go back now. You I, have to stay. And no goals. Go. Yeah, no goals allowed. So, like, I... Amazing. I've got keep a, me and Nigel. Isn't that yeah. what they call a clean sheet? A clean sheet, uh, I think indeed. I've got a clean sheet. Yeah. So this is, this is, uh, <laughs> this is good for Leighton Orient. But our listeners in America are very interested in the difference between American sport and European sport, specifically American football, European football. So uh, I've been doing this show for 18 years, and my listeners have been on me about not focusing on European sport enough. So I finally got on the airplane and came to Europe for the first time. And, you know, honestly, I don't know that I would have come if it wasn't for Nigel uh, rolling out the, the carpet for me. And Because uh, I wanted to, on our show, we talk to the people who live and breathe it and who are running these uh, clubs. So... If you can't get that perspective, then I wasn't really interested in just coming and watching a match on my own and trying to figure it out on my own. I wanted to talk to the people who were living it and breathing it. So, um, you know, it's been great. We get to look at the football perspective and building a roster and then the business perspective and, and how that's different. Um, you know, obviously building a streaming service, that's interesting. Uh, the whole... Uh, promotion relegation thing, which we don't have in America, is a big differentiating factor. Um, so those are the types of things that we're, we're looking at. In some ways, I think Europe is ahead of America, like with sports betting. Um, in other ways, I think America is ahead of Europe. But, you know, it's great to talk to Nigel because he's got a perspective of both countries and knows, you know, other executives in both countries. So that's a rare 
quality that you find in a, in a chairman. And you've got a two-part episode coming out on Orient. The first part's already out where I listened to it. It's fantastic. Thank you. Where you spoke to Martin Ling for about 25 minutes, half hour. That's already out, right? So if anyone wants to listen to your podcast, part one with Martin Ling's out. Part two is following this week with Nigel, I believe. Correct. Our podcast drops every Tuesday. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts. Sports Business Radio is what it's called. And, um, you know, I think if you're a Leighton Orient fan or a football fan in general, it's interesting insight into how a, a club is run. And you're also on social media, so if anyone's listening, wants to give you a follow, you can be found on Twitter and Insta. Yeah, uh, Twitter is SB Radio, like Sports Business Radio, and Insta is Sports Business Radio. Fantastic. Nigel, now you've got to shoot. One quick final word. What's your message tonight to the Leighton Orient fans at home? Well, I think uh, our fans, you know, we're working very hard to make this an even more successful club. Um, I think we continue to make progress with we feel that we've got a special squad this year. I may say that every year, but um, <laughs> but I truly think this year, under the leadership of Richie, we've got something special. We're going to have bumps in the road. Um, we're not going to win every game. Um, next week's clearly a big game against Barrow, but I'm, I feel good. We're doing a lot of good things. I'm excited about tonight. We've got the women's game about to start. First time we've ever done a Double, he- double header. Uh, I want to remind all our fans that next month Spurs women play at home here for the first time against a team you've probably never heard of them called Liverpool. Um, <laughs> and that's on the uh, 16th of October and day and day before is the international day. And if any international fans, because I know you have a lot of people around yeah. the world who listen to the podcast, want to come over it's 2.99 or if you i think it's 3.99 including the streaming for the year uh it's going to be a great day out and you'll have a lot of fun and it will really replicate the experience that brian's had this week because it gives you a bit of an insight into the club thank you very much indeed uh nigel for giving up some of your uh afternoon there for us to have a chat and to to really give us a bit more insight uh, there as well. Really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, really good chat, really good interview. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't be there yesterday. I had family illnesses so uh, yesterday on Saturday. So uh, appreciate the well wishes there, Nigel. So we move on then to yeah. Sunday and Monday as we record today. Yeah, nothing to report over the last two days. So apart from, obviously, today being a bank holiday and the Queen's funeral, uh, which is obviously... Very sad. One hour, ten minutes, eight seconds. Let's wrap this bad boy up and do a fantasy football update. Yeah, Chris Wagstaff is top of the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League, on 498 points. He's ahead of Lewis Fear, who's in second place by just one uh-huh. point. It is very tight at the top of the fantasy football table. If you're not in our fantasy football uh, table and want to get involved, drop us a DM, we'll get you involved. Steve is currently 192nd place out of 355. If I'm not misreading that, you've dropped a bit since. I didn't realise there were Friday night fixtures, so I didn't, I didn't play my uh, free hit, which I would have done, and I would have put in loads of Tottenham players. But there yeah. you go. Yeah. There you go. That's how it goes, isn't it? Right, positives and negatives this week. Yeah, so positives of the fortnight then. Well, just a week, really. Two wins in a week, can't argue with that. Another two clean sheets. Top of the league, still unbeaten, and our goal difference. We could have about 30 positives. We're keeping it. 
quite on the low. So those are the positives of the week. Negatives, Mr. Lee? The only negatives we picked up, obviously Dan Happy's injury. Um, hopefully that's not too severe. Hopefully Adam Thompson isn't far away. Yeah. And hopefully uh, Dan and Krumer is making good progress on his injury. But also, as has been alluded to earlier, yellow cards are being picked up. You know, Tom James is one away from from his fifth. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to go against us probably sooner rather than later. Theo Archibald's petulant yellow uh, on Tuesday. I say petulant, unnecessary yellow on Tuesday. It's going to count against us um, and it's going to ruin the momentum. But thank God we've actually got good players who can kind of just slot into position and, and we know can do well. But it's no good having everybody on four yellow cards and everyone like scared to make a tackle because they're yeah, going to get booked. Yeah, good point. So that leads us on into the Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week. So after two wins in a week then, we took this one to Twitter and nominated the following players. So Idris Elmazuni, been solid yep. in both games. I absolutely agree. John, uh, George Moncur even, uh, scored on Tuesday, got the assist on Saturday. Yeah, Jaden Sweeney, again, solid in both games. Great week for young Jaden. Absolutely. For me, I think that would probably be a slight nudge uh, to I, win I, that I would, had I voted I would have gone Sweeney I would have gone Sweeney yeah. as well but Lawrence Vigory with two clean sheets and a last minute penalty save on Tuesday also made him a contender for this so, yeah. so second place in on 30% of the vote was Jaden Sweeney so Sweeney just missing out but the winner with 48% of the vote was George Moncur yeah well done well George, done, George. so next week's fixtures in busy week coming up two fixtures coming up firstly Tomorrow, as we record, Tuesday the 20th of September. Feels like a Sunday, doesn't it? We are in <laughs> really Papa does. John's Trophy action, home to Sutton United, who reached the final last year. So Sutton having a decent season again, 10th in League 2. They beat Hartlepool at the weekend, 2-0, which meant the Hartlepool manager, Paul Hartley, got sacked. Sack. Keith Cole is now Colin in. West. Colin West is back in football. Out of their last five games, they've won four and lost one. The one they lost was a 90-second minute conceded to uh, Swindon away. So... Saturn are no mean uh, opponents at all. It'll be a very Tough. difficult game. It really will. But I guess the, the, the other thing is it's in the trophy that yeah, we're going to be trying out other players. Yeah. But on Saturday, uh, the 24th of September, we're making the really long trip up to Barrow, who've had a really brilliant start to the season. So there'll be no pushovers either. They're currently second in League Two. They beat Newport County away 2-0 on Saturday. They've won four and lost one of their last five. That loss was against North. Hampton Town I think they lost 2-0 yeah. uh, to them so you know not no mean feat there either so if you're going to either game have a safe journey remember you can tweet us anytime pre, during or post match we're at or in Outlook on Twitter uh, we're or in underscore Outlook underscore podcast on Instagram and search Facebook or in Outlook podcast beautifully done so don't forget then if you're thinking of moving house keep it in your family save yourself a few quid by using trusted estate agents town and country harlow call them on 01279 or 07528471497 or go and find the guys on twitter tnc harlow or at charlie underscore paul so yeah, so that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode number 293. It's another two games, another two wins, two more clean sheets as we cement our place at the top of League Two and we're still only one of three 
EFL teams who haven't lost a league game yet. The games might not be pretty or easy on the eye, but three points is really all that matters. With Super Richie Wellens at the helm, we can really feel confident the best is yet to come. Brian Adams, if you know your music. Oh, Two more tough it. games coming up this week as we go away to Sutton in the Papa John's Trophy before a long away trip to Barrow in the league who are surprising everyone. So this won't be an easy match, but hopefully one we'll be talking about in our next episode in a very positive way. Hopefully that happens. So if you're listening on iTunes, hopefully if you're listening on iTunes, if that is working, please subscribe. Yeah. Give our podcast a five-star rating. We are now on 99 five-star yeah. ratings on iTunes. The issue with SoundCloud and iTunes is down to SoundCloud and iTunes not talking to one another. We think that's been rectified. If you listen on iTunes now, then it has, uh, which is great. <laughs> if you can't listen on iTunes, though, don't forget you can listen on SoundCloud and Spotify. So you can rate the show on Spotify. We went from 45 five stars to 52 Appreciate five star views on Spotify. Appreciate so thanks that. to everyone Thank who you. is giving those on Spotify. We're also on TuneIn, Stitcher, Echoes, Alexas, anywhere you go to, we will be there. We are also on FanHub. So if you've got the FanHub app, you can also listen to the podcast through the app. And if you have an older relative, a loved one, or an Orient chum, anyone who you think will like the podcast, please grab their phone, download it for them and pass the pod yeah so thank you to Nigel thank you to Brian and the club uh, for that interview we'll be back with episode number 294 next week with all the information all the views that you could ever need we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up the O's <laughs>